Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Philip Terzian here, literary editor of the Weekly Standard, with my weekly podcast on the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard. And this week we're looking at the October 27th issue of the Standard, which begins with a review by Jonathan Last, uh, who is a senior editor at the Standard, of a new book by Mitch Perlstein entitled Broken Bonds, What Family Fragmentation Means for America's Future. This is a series, largely of a series of interviews with um, people who make it their business to ponder the future of the American family from Isabel Sawhill to Heather MacDonald to Kay Heimowitz to others. And it's an interesting book in the sense that it lays out in very succinct and um, accessible fashion the problem that we have um, uh, dealing with the strength and likely endurance of the institution of the family in America. And, and But at the same time, it's, it's um, I don't exactly want to say agnostic, but the, it's, the prognosis is unclear. Um, there's not any obvious solution to the problem. There are any number of proposals to help families from either a tax standpoint or others, um, ways to encourage people, uh, um, ways to promote the idea of familyhood and healthy families and traditional families in our society. But it isn't a it isn't a sure thing by any means. And of course, the solutions that are offered are all well-intentioned and logical and might even work, but nobody is really certain. And so the, in that sense, the, the future of the institution of the family is perhaps a little uncertain. And this book lays out uh, the facts and illustrates the uncertainty, but does not have a uh, five-point uh, solution in mind that we can adopt. So in that sense, I think it's a more it's a more interesting read than it might otherwise be um, and allows us with the information at hand to draw our own conclusions. That is followed by a review by Elizabeth Powers of a new book from Peter Ackroyd. Peter Ackroyd is the great British uh, historian and biographer um, and this time he is uh, writing about Charlie Chaplin. It's, it's a short book. It's called Charlie Chaplin, A Brief Life. Um, but not so brief, uh, because after all, you're dealing with the um, life of someone who uh, was born in the late 19th century and uh, died as recently as 1977, as I recall. But of course, Charlie Chaplin, aside from being the famous uh, uh, vaudeville and cinema clown, was probably the first movie star in the history of the cinema and probably the first what we would call superstar, that is a person in popular culture whose image, well, perhaps a person, period, whose image was recognizable in the various corners of the earth. Um, you could go to some of the most remote places on the planet and hold up a picture of the little tramp, and the likelihood is that the people there would know who it was. Um, of course, uh, behind the little tramp is a story. Charlie Chaplin was, of course, um, born into searing poverty in the East End of London at the, the tail end of the Victorian era. He became famous in the 
uh, around the time of the First World War. By the by, the time the war was going on, he was already a household name in the United States of America. And of course, was the dominant movie star, really the dominant uh, figure and certainly image in popular culture uh, in the United States and in the world in the 1920s. The introduction of sound in the late 20s, early 30s, uh, to some degree, um, spelled the beginning of the end of his dominance, um, uh, although he did make later movies, some of which are still admired. And of course, in Charlie Chaplin's case, um, the biographer takes as much interest in his life as in his work, and Chaplin, as might be imagined, had a gothic and complicated life, um, several marriages, several children, um, complicated relations with uh, all, and um, he also had a complicated relationship with the United States of America, where he lived in the in the interwar period, but then ultimately in the after the war ended up uh, more or less self-exiled to uh, Switzerland. There's a kind of mythology that he was uh, drummed out of America because of his left-wing political views, which is not quite true. In fact, the the the, the real reason was was really more his his immorality of his private life, so called, um, much more offensive to um, officialdom then than it would be now. But that's more or less why he ended up in 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 Switzerland. Of course, um, he then uh, he kept on making movies, uh, not at a very prodigious rate. He made his last one in the mid '60s and. Then in 1972 was awarded an honorary Oscar, which brought him back to Hollywood for one last uh, appearance. But anyway, an interesting and important life and well told by uh, Peter Aykroyd and nicely summarized by Elizabeth Powers. really tells you really all you need to know to introduce you to the subject. That is followed by an essay by Danny Heitman about a new book, um, it's a it's an edition of well the book is called Shakespeare's Montaigne the Florio translation of the essays a selection it's edited by Stephen Greenblatt and Peter Platt Stephen Greenblatt is the famous Shakespeare scholar at Harvard and the interesting thing about it is of course Montaigne was the great 16th century uh, French essayist and. Um, a lot of his essays, and certainly a lot of the thinking in his essays, finds its echo in Shakespeare's plays, which are nicely enumerated here. And of course, um, the, uh, the 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 Montaigne that Shakespeare knew was the Montaigne of this particular uh, translation um, by a man called Florio, obviously. And here nicely reproduced and annotated and explained by the authors it's a it's a fascinating work and i you know obviously shakespeare is filled filled with echoes of of um classical works of the bible the book of common prayer and other things but i had not realized his debt to some degree to montaigne and this book nicely explains it that in turn is followed by a review by henrik baring of a new um a biography of the Marquis de Lafayette, um, a, a one of those figures in American history who was a, a bit uh, a bit more of a household name in his day than they are now. But of course, Lafayette was a young, as we 
probably most of us know, Lafayette was a young French aristocrat who at a very young age um, came to America uh, in his early 20s, actually, to join the, the cause in the War of Independence against Britain. He was made a major general at the age of, I think, 23, 24, fought very gallantly and very effectively. He was much uh, liked and admired by George Washington, and the feeling was mutual. The two were um, uh, great admirers of each other, both um, uh, Lafayette uh, very effectively augmented Washington's military skills. Washington was a mentor to Lafayette. Lafayette was, of course, with Washington at, um, at Yorktown in 1781 when the British surrendered, precipitating the end of the revolution. And Lafayette, of course, as is perhaps well known, Lafayette returned to France, still a very young man, and of course he ran afoul of the French Revolution. Uh, he was um, not, fortunately didn't become a victim of the revolution, but he, he, was, a he was a victim in the sense that his, his side lost and he became a, a marginal figure within, within his own country. Um, which makes his return to the United States in the uh, 1820s all the more interesting. One of the interesting things about tourism in America, if you, if you go off the beaten path enough, you often will visit um, provincial towns and cities where um, at some point uh, in the mid-1820s, Lafayette visited. There often will be a monument to that effect or a statue, and of course, we have Lafayette counties in lots of states. Fayette, I used to live in Fayette County, Kentucky, which was named for um, uh, Lafayette. Um, obviously, he, we honor Lafayette not just for his contribution to the war, but the fact that he in his own, uh, he personified the, the uh, alliance between the, United, the, the American colonies and France in the revolution and the enduring... Uh, friendship and alliance between this country and France, um, famously described in 1917 when uh, General Pershing arrived in uh, in France in 1917, bringing the first American troops um, to the Western Front. And um, the story is that when he set foot on French soil, said Lafayette, "We are here, uh, repaying the debt." Um, Anyway, Henrik Baring nicely describes um, Lafayette's life and career and, and prompts me to want to read this, read this book. We also have in this issue a, um, um, a very interesting review of the poetry of Richard Green by Edward Shore. The, the book in particular is, uh, is entitled Dante's House by Richard Green. Green is a, is a Canadian poet and something of a poet of the ordinary. He's not a poet of abstraction. He writes about everyday things, everyday life, everyday incidents and objects and even emotions in a, in a very accessible style. And um, Edward Short, as always, um, makes it immensely interesting. Our movie review this week by John Podhoritz is a movie, a, a, I think an indie film, um, um, the title of which is Whiplash, which is about a it's about an aspiring young jazz musician and the various uh, adults that he deals with in his um, uh, aspirations and his slow rise to the 
top, what, what, what makes it interesting, and what I think John finds interesting about it, is that all of the people involved, more or less, including the protagonist, are immensely unpleasant people. And it's always a challenge for any filmmaker, much to say any writer, um, to make uh, unpleasant, unappealing people interesting. But Whiplash, uh, directed by a director named Damien Ch- Chazelle, um, sounds like an interesting movie. Uh, John makes it so interesting sounding, in fact, that I might actually um, stir myself and go see it, which is saying a great deal. Anyway, that is the Books and Arts section for October 27th in the Weekly Standard. I thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to talking to you in a week or so about next week's issue.